All right, everybody, welcome to episode three of Ozzy's Antics. I have a very special guest with me today. I have my buddy Luke Vibrant, um, Mississippi's finest here with me. Luke, welcome, man. Glad to be here, Ozzy. Glad to be here. I do not know about Mississippi's finest, um, but I am ready to talk to talk some NBA with you. Um, yes, for sure. And you know, I, and the thing is, is yeah, I mean, that's that's about what we're going to get into here is top 10 players in the NBA. Why not start at number 10, which for me right now, you know how hard this is for me to say because he is a Dallas Maverick and anything Dallas Mavericks, I just despise partially because of their fan base. So I'll get some heat for saying that. But Luka Doncic is right now the 10th best player in the NBA in my eyes. Um, dude's close to averaging a triple double. He's unreal. Twenty years old, twenty one years old, whatever he is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him here. grow. And I and I hate to do that too. I know we live amongst um, a ton of Mavericks fans. Um, and I hate to say this, I'm not going to bring the Cowboys into the conversation, but a majority of their fan base uh, comes from from there too. Just throwing that out there. But anyway, <laughs> I know you're a Spurs fan. Um, <laughs> But no, you really can't deny his numbers at the end of the day. Um, and I'll add this as well. If any, I mean, this, this is, the top 10 players in the NBA is really, really hard to make that list. Um, outside of the top five, specifically 10 to 6, there were a couple names that you and I both could have thrown in there, such as, um, and we'll get into those, some sleepers, um, people who could potentially enter the top 10. But as far as your first pick there, um, Luca at 10, on my list, I have him there as well, um, simply for the facts that you stated. I mean, it's really just hard to ignore almost averaging a triple-double in the Western Conference, um, dealing with injuries. And at the time the NBA actually um, went down to the coronavirus, they were actually in seventh place in the Western Conference. So Yeah, and, and um, the thing is, is they were in seventh place in the West, but they were only like two games back of being the four seed. So it's yeah, like, the, the, yeah. But as context, crazy. everyone and, and the, people who follow the NBA avidly probably will know, but seven to four right there, the game differential um, was not very much. It was that of if someone got on a run late, um, such as the Mavericks led by Luka Doncic, I assume um, they could have flipped into a higher seed. The difference between that seventh and eighth spot was the huge difference that we saw um, with with teams like Memphis, Memphis, Sacramento, um, them trying to slide into that spot. But like we said, Luca at that ten spot, leading the Mavs possibly to a higher seed. I just don't see how you ignore that at that point. So I think we're both yeah. safe with that pick at ten. So who do you who do you have at nine though? Um, where where are you going from there? All right. So at nine for me. Uh, I have who this is probably the one that most controversial in people's eyes. I have Nikola Jokic at number nine, um, partially based off of his skill set and I mean his numbers as well. He's 20 and 10 with seven assists per game. And on the Nuggets team that is third in the West, again, a game and a half back of the Clippers, I think Nikola and what he does at his size is unmatched in my eyes. So I have Nikola at nine. Yeah, and I'm not even going to like that. That's not a huge argument. 
or a debate point for me, um, to be honest, because he's definitely in my top ten. I won't give you the information just yet as where I have him. Um, as far as my pick at number nine, though, I'm going to catch some controversy from my pick, and I do understand that, but I have to put this into context first. Um, I, along with you, um, our, our discussion, we didn't directly discuss this, but we did discuss context as we were doing this. Um, and co the context being that we are taking into consideration the inju injuries that players have had over the last year or so, um, the two players being um, that we're referencing specifically being uh, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Um, so with that being said, I have Steph Curry at number nine. Um, not going to lie to you here, Ozzy, he would be a little bit higher on my list if he mm -hmm. played within the last year. But Definitely. I was not going to do a disrespect um, to a person who pretty much transcended the game by leaving him off a list he ultimately deserves to be on. Um, and I think I think that's know. the big point right there is that he has transcended the game. He changed the game completely when he came on. It's changed dramatically since he's been in the league, but he's still adapted. And, I mean, like you said, if injuries weren't there, he would be a little bit higher on my list as well, and you'll see. But go ahead. Yeah, and and to both of our points, like Steph Curry's accolades are, are well known throughout the NBA universe. I mean, he has everything from a unanimous two MVPs, one being unanimous. Um, mm -hmm. And to keep going, which is so hard to do, which is so hard to do at any level in any sport to be unanimous MVP. That's ridiculous. Yes, and the years he had doing that, no one had seen that before, and that goes to us referencing him transcending the game earlier. Um, mm -hmm. we, no one had seen anything like this before. The guy comes out and hits, I think it was 286 threes one season and then 402 the next. Um, that was just kind of unseen, and not to mention that, you have a, a, a player alongside him before KD got there with, with Clay Thompson, um, three and D type player, one of the best three point shooters ever to go along with him. And then you, it's no question why they've one of the most formidable backcourts in NBA history. Um, so it just kind of points to Steph's greatness there too, being able to uh, make the players better around him. So Agreed. Agreed. Definitely deserves to be on the list. Now where, where really can't argue the where aspect of it though. No, definitely can't. Who do you have at eight? Who's your eighth best player? All right, so, yeah, I know you've gone first, and I'm kind of put you on the spot twice here, so I'll, I'll go with my number eight pick. I actually have Dame Willard at number eight. Um, I just can't deny Dame Willard anymore, man. People around the NBA, um, until he pretty much disrespected Russell Westbrook two years in a row, um, they kind of like this kind of shrugged him under the – or threw him under the rug, so to speak, um, had this – statistics to prove it just didn't really get the credit you know um but someone who's averaging 28 a game um and has also hit some really really big shots in the playoffs albeit he hasn't made it to the big show yet um i just don't think you can quite ignore what he's done and what he's continuing to do for the league um, kind of carrying on what Steph Curry brought in as far as uh, being a threat as soon as he comes across the half court um, and being able to finish around the cup consistently. So I just can't keep him off the list. I think he's definitely one of the top 10 players in the NBA. I agree. And I have him actually in the exact same spot as you as eight. Um, like you said, in that category of top 10, for sure, what he does is 
is unreal. He's, like you said, miniature Steph Curry in a sense. A small school guy stepping onto the biggest stage, biggest level of basketball, and essentially made his name and made his footprint right off the bat. And big shots, and I love seeing the Houston Rockets go down. So yeah, <laughs> both of those shots that, are against the Rockets. But, <laughs> I mean, that we, was – Are we putting my – like, I, I – I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I like seeing the Rockets go down as well. So I'm not going to act like that didn't play into this. I mean, <laughs> don't, I mean, he thanked, thanked them. He, he torched James Harden and then torched uh, Westbrook. So yep. Uh, yep. I personally, he's one of my favorite players. I have his jersey um, hanging in my closet. So Ooh. I am a big advocate of Dame Lillard. So, Dame uh, Dollar sign. Dame hey, Dollar. Hey, all, if, if we want to go off of that, uh, this is a random side side question here. Uh, one of the what ifs of the last decade that I feel like been missed is, is what if Lamarcus Aldridge doesn't make the decision to go back to Texas and play for the Spurs? What if he sticks around in Portland for say another four or five years? I think they would have had some really really good teams. They they would have they would have had some good runs, and I think they would have been in the Western Conference Finals a couple more times. But they're not taking down that Warriors. Time, oh, to be no, honest, no, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, he probably makes a couple Western Conference Finals with Lamarcus and CJ and him, yeah. but I mean, they're not taking down Steph and Clay. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say the other dude's name because he looks like Donkey from Shrek, but he doesn't. That dude is a completely different. <laughs> that's yeah, a completely one, different you, conversation. You're, you're not referencing. You're not referencing that guy that said he was better than Charles Barkley, are you? Yeah, I, I am yeah. referencing that guy. And then after watching a little bit of The Last Dance and seeing how insane Chuck was, I, people, okay, yeah. side yeah. side conversation right here. Drug test, Draymond, I'm, really quick. I'm going to address this one time and one time only. Draymond Green is nothing but a role player. End of story. Hey, if he's hey, not very, on that Warriors good. dynasty, if he's not on that Warriors dynasty, he's a nobody in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. For everyone out there that that happens to listen to to what me and Ozzy are saying right here, let me add a little perspective. Draymond Green came out and said basically, and he's been taking shots at Chuck um, with respect to Draymond. They've been going back and forth throughout through the media because that's the way athletes do things these days. Always. Um, But his, (laughs) I think his one of his best years may have been statistically may have been like Chuck's worst year, Ozzy. Like, <laughs> I'm being dead serious. Like, he was something around four, 14, 9, and 8 or something like that. Yeah. So, that's what Ozzy's saying um, Draymond essentially does for the the Warriors dynasty. I mean, he was their cleanup man. He was their, their free safety, one of the be- best defenders in the league. He was, a, he was a Dollar Tree. He is a Dollar Tree Dennis Rodman. Hey, a very diminished version. That would be a nicer way to say it, but a Dollar Tree nonetheless. You know, I can't argue there. Um, but anyway, anyway, me and you got off track. I threw a what-if scenario out there. I don't think that's a problem. I think um, people would agree with the what-if scenario with the Portland Trailblazers of the last decade. Um, they could have gone places, but just not to the ultimate place they wanted to get to. So that being said, who do you have at seven? At seven, I have – I have – yeah, this this is where things get fun here in the next like because it's it's it can be a toss up in a sense, but 
not really. Seven for me, I have uh, a guy, like you said, you had him at nine. I have Steph Curry. Even though he didn't play much this past year, he only played in like five or six games. I mean, he transcended the game. He is what every player growing up right now wants to be, essentially. A three-point wizard that can just have the ball on a shoestring and change the game yeah. with every shot he takes. So I have Steph at seven. Even absolutely, with those in, even with those injuries, he would be higher if he hadn't gotten hurt. And I, well, I let's just be, think about – no, I agree. And let's just think about if Steph Curry did not have chronic ankle as well. Um, ooh, good. He dealt good, with like ankle, ankle, ankle injuries throughout, almost um, derailed his entire career. Most people do not know that. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, there there's no no argument there. Um, the guy definitely deserves to be there. And the most underrated um, thing about Steph Curry is that he makes his teammates better in the end. He was he was willing to do the one thing I don't think another superstar in the NBA would have done. Um, he I think Kevin Durant entered that situation with two with two people. One being a very selfless person and Stephen Curry, and the other being someone who's just aloof and doesn't really care about a whole lot and Clay Thompson. So um, <laughs> for Stephen Curry to um, put his pride down, essentially, um, know that Kevin Durant could have made the team better, being already being a champion, um, for what him to do that, that's pretty remarkable. Um, it says a lot about his character at the end of the day. Um, and I would definitely say if we had a top 10 list for NBA players um, doing things right off the court, the man's in the top five in that regard. So um, oh, not many bad things. I do not like the Warriors dynasty. Probably the biggest hater, but not many bad things to say about say about Steph Curry as a basketball player. I know that. You can't. You can't. And, okay, so that was seven. Who's your seven? My number seven. Okay, this, we're really getting into this right, right here. I have him a little bit higher, as I said earlier, but Nikola Jokic. Um, to your point earlier, like, you just you really just can't ignore it. Um, they're, they're second, the Nuggets. They're third in the West when the NBA stopped because of the coronavirus, right? Um, as we said, I, I think it was a game and a half back from the Clippers. Um, yeah. So, with that being said, <laughs> their second best scorer on that team, Ozzy, he scores 18 a game, I believe, and that's Jamal Murray. Um, so this man, he's what's his season average right now? I think it's like 29 and eight or something. Um, uh, 20, 20, 10 rebounds and seven assists. Yeah, but what's most important in that stat line to me is his overall skill level, like you pointed to earlier. His ability to get on the low block, or the elbow in specific, and be able to navigate the offense, looking over the defense, essentially, finding those passing lanes, and the man's very, very skilled down low, whereas most centers in today's game, or some centers, rather, are simply rebounders and uh, rim protectors. You have a guy like this that's, um, I think it's important, when you're one of the better players in the NBA, you have to be good at multiple things. And he is good in multiple things. He hasn't really progressed to the point where he needs to be defensively. Um, but offensively, man, he's a juggernaut. And where his team where his team is or where they have been the last couple of years and where they're ultimately headed. So um, I, I think he deserves to be on the list. And people may argue both of us on that. But yeah. it would be a tough argument with the points we've made. Who you got at six right now? Okay, so at six, I just transitioned off of Nikola Jokic, and I think um, 
we need to go ahead and put this into context for everyone. The next six people, uh, the top six players in the NBA, um, we're not we're not saying they're interchangeable, but we're saying they're interchangeable. Um, uh, there's just not a whole lot of room between each person. Um, there's an argument that can be made that the next six players we're going to list off um, could be the best player in the league. Um, and we understand that, so I'm assuming you and I both did our due diligence here um, and made the best list we could possible with the, the six people. But at my number six, I have James Harden. And it pains me, pains me. Um, I'm not a Rockets fan. I'm not a fan of how James Harden plays the game um, with his usage rate and such. I think his stats are a bit inflated. Um, but at the end of the day, I've talked to you about this before, talked to various others about it. You can't deny the man's a top ten player in the league. He's averaging 36 a game, regardless of the stuff that comes with him, him not being so good in the playoffs. Can't deny James Harden's a top ten player in the league. And that's the context I'm going to work under with him. Um, I'm going to put him at six. Might catch some flack for that. That's okay. I'll, I'll die on this hill, so to speak. Um, but where do you have him? Or where, who do you have and, at six, rather? That's, yeah. that's my question. So I don't see how we could get some slack from that because of the five guys that are above him on my list. And You're the, right. But there's the, always a Houston fan somewhere. So – he's not better than the next five guys. I have him at six also. And like like you said, the usage rate is what makes his stats so inflated, but I I don't like the way he plays at all. I hate that he's a Houston, his beard. I hate everything about James Harden in a sense of the style of play. He's, I don't know. I could, he could be a great guy. I don't know. But in my eyes, He's the sixth best player in the NBA strictly because of his numbers and nothing else but his numbers. Yeah. The game, he, the way he plays is I'm not a fan of. So he's the sixth best player strictly because of his numbers. Nothing else outside yeah. of that. So that's why I have him. And it's, it is what it is. He could be a little bit lower. Again, like I said, if Steph's not hurt, Steph's above him. I agree there. Luka, 1,000%. Luka, like, 1,000%. Everybody, everybody yelled Jokic and Doncic on our list. Like, they, they could be, they could have an argument that they're better than James Harden. Yeah. So, like, all right. So, I, all right. So, I have something right here that's going to be very interesting now that we are on James Harden at six. We've been going into a little bit in depth on their teams and kind of, what's been happening, you know. So I, I thought I'd provide this insight as well. Um, the Houston Rockets currently have two players that are in the top ten on in usage rate in the NBA, in the entire NBA. Um, and I'm guessing that you can guess, as, as well as our potential audience, is who, as to who those players are. Um, James Harden being third on the list, I believe. And then you okay. look down the list at number eight, Russell Westbrook. So that goes to show um, them trading Clint Capella midseason to the Hulk, clearing everything out. Um, it's basically the James Harden and Russell Westbrook show in Houston right now. Um, dribble, dribble, dribble to the shot clock uh, almost expires and pass, shoot a three, that type thing. I think that's it's what we're alluding like... to when we talk about his play style. But the bottom line is his stats 
are just a little bit inflated because of the usage rate. And I don't think me and you can get past that as far as trying to rank him above these next five players we're going to get into. And the thing is, is nobody will ever convince me that he, so you can come at me with all this, all these stats that people might want to throw at me or whatever, but he's not better than these next five guys. And I will, and it's understandable. You're going to die on that hill. I'm going to, Uh, I will always, and I'm hoping that eventually James Harden's not a top 10 player in the, that's, that's I'm not going to lie here. You're, yeah. You're, you're San Antonio's coming out in you a little bit right there. You're, you're Spurs, Spurs Nation. Um, just let me just let me go get Manu, and he can block his shot, and we can win the playoff game. Hey, I mean, you know, bring Manu out of retirement. Was he 46? Put him on the Argentina national team. They won in a bronze medal right now. Oh, that's a fact. Him and Luis Scola. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all they need. Oh, man. Okay, so for me at five, um, again – Keep in mind, people, these are interchangeable. Don't come at us because we have this guy lower than what you would want. Again, if this guy does not get hurt, he is probably number two on my list. And that is Kevin Durant. Again, another guy. Again, I have him there because he hasn't played in a year. So if he was to have been playing this past year, we're having a different conversation. That's why, and you know me, I'm a Longhorn guy. So for me, it hurts me to have him this low because the first 10 years, 15 years of his career, he's been top three in the NBA always. And yeah, I mean, he's, he, he is what he does with the basketball in his hands. He's the most dynamic scorer in the NBA. Yeah, that, now that, that right there, what you just said at the end of that, that needs to echo throughout his entire legacy, basically. Yep. Um, a seamless score, so to speak. Um, look, I have no argument what you what you said. You put it in the correct context when you first mentioned it. I mean, the only reason he's that low on your list is because of the injury. Um, personally, I, at my number five spot, I, I'm not arguing Kevin Durant there. Like I said, you you just simply can't can't do it. Probably the most seamless score in NBA history. So, Definitely. but at my number five spot, man, I I actually put Anthony Davis there. Okay. Um, I'm going to catch some, some serious flat to that probably because like we've said numerous times already on this podcast, these guys are somewhat interchangeable in the aspect that you can make an argument for each one. Um, but I'll give you a reason why I have Anthony Davis this low. Um, when, whenever the Lakers were going to acquire Anthony Davis, one would one assume LeBron James coming off his, the worst injury of his career missing the amount of games he did the year before that that Anthony Davis was going to come in there and that team was going to somewhat flow through him with LeBron being so old, so much older with the amount of miles on him. Mm-hmm. However, that is not what occurred. LeBron James came out on a revenge tour, and I'm not saying he diminished Anthony Davis's uh, greatness, so to speak, but it was definitely clear whose team and who was the dominant force on that team um, with him distributing the ball and doing the things he's done his entire career, that being Mm -hmm. LeBron. So I believe that Anthony Davis being the number two on that team had his greatness diminished slightly in the sense that he didn't get to lead the Lakers this year. I think he will in the coming years, but that's ultimately the reason I have him at number five and not a little bit higher. I, I agree to that sense because as long as LeBron James is playing on that team, 
it's not going to be Anthony Davis's team. It's just not like, and, and I can, I can attest to this as a Spurs fan. I kind of date it back to when it, when Kawhi came onto the scene and they wanted to make it Kawhi's team, but it was never going to be his team with Tim Duncan there. It's Timmy's team. You know, you can't, you can't say it's somebody's team. If somebody has been there and done what they've done for so long at such a high level. And so LeBron, as long as LeBron is there, he's he's gonna be it's gonna be his team, no matter what yeah, team I, he's yeah. on. Team AD USA have a mobile brand like that. To to your point, but LeBron James, wherever he goes, he is the brand. He is the face of the franchise. Yeah. Um, probably even when his stats start to diminish, which amazingly they haven't um, thus far. Yeah, but I think we've been saying that for the last like what three or four years. Like when is yeah, when I is just he don't gonna know what's off? gonna happen. The guy's a physical anomaly at this point. I mean, uh, <laughs> no idea. If you can look, Anthony Davis is a freak of nature. Anyone who can slightly diminish Anthony Davis's talent—not <laughs> diminish his talent, but not, not, undermine his value just a little bit. You know, just uh, he's not the best player, the dominating force on that team on a night in, night out basis. If you can even do that, that says a lot because Anthony Davis is going to historically go down with the numbers he's putting up, assuming the accolades come as far as championships and whatnot. going to end up as one of the best big men of all time, arguably. So I feel comfortable with him at my number five spot. Um, You didn't have much argument with it. I don't think many people will. I don't have much argument because I have him one spot up at four. So, I mean. Okay, so that's where you're going. That's where we're transitioning to, huh? You like that. You you like that smooth transition right there. So oh, you yeah, have him at five. I, I have him at four. Um, again, his skill set, what he brings to the table, he's a top five player in the NBA. Um, he can shoot. He can get rebounds. He does everything. He did everything for the Pelicans when he was there. And yes, people did. people don't understand how good he was there because that Pelicans team – was never any good. If Anthony Davis is not there, they win maybe twenty games every every year. And I mean, yeah, they only won like twenty five. That, that may be that may be a high number. That <laughs> That's a high better. number because the way he can spread it out, the way he can rim protect, the way he can get boards, um, mid range jumpers, smooth uh, there in that spot. Because like I said, he's he's a dynamic player, very dynamic yeah. at his size. What he does, he's he's up there for sure. So, yeah, who you got it for? I have actually, this is, I'm going to catch some heat for this, and I get it. But I, I'm fully ready for it, and I have this rationalized, at least in my head. It may sound stupid to our audience at home and to you, of course, but I have Giannis at four. I mean, look, okay. I get the MVPs. He, um, he's a dominant force. Ar- the argument can be made that he's the best player in the league, I, and I understand that. Um, but I'll explain to you why I have him at four, and you know the three people I have ahead of him if you've listened to the first um, 40 minutes of this podcast. One can assume I, who I have ahead of him. But I saw, what I saw last year um, was glaring weaknesses in Giannis's game. Um, and I've hmm. seen the Bucs continually fun. compensate for that, for his lack of a jump shot, by surrounding him with three-point shooters. Okay. Well, that works. Um, until the playoffs comes, and you put a wall around the paint and don't allow Giannis into it. 
Um, mm. For instance, them being two games up on the Raptors last year and everyone rap, uh, riding the Raptors off, what they did was put Kawhi Leonard on him, um, who is definitely one of the best premier players in basketball, and they shut the paint off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw then they reeled off four straight games um, and ultimately went off, went on to win a ring. Um, do I think Giannis still has that weakness to the utmost extent? No, I do not. I saw progression this year. However, um, I'm going to have to see him in the playoffs get through a team that can protect the paint. Um, okay. For instance, I'm going to have to see him do that against the next year's new uh, Brooklyn Nets team someone with rim protection um, that can take that jump jump shot away. Yeah. Let's see if he can still dominate the game from the outside, if he can still get to the to the paint, to the free throw line. I just think he has a few more weaknesses in his game right now from a perimeter aspect than the three ahead of him. So that's why I have him at four. Who do you have there? Another smooth transition right here. I have Giannis at three. Again, like you said, He's only 25 years old. So in NBA years, in NBA years, that seems like he's he's getting up there, but he's only 25, you know? So at the end of the day, the muscle and the weight that he's on him to be as good as he has because yeah. he's getting there. He's close. If he gets a jump shot, we're sitting here in two years talking about the best player in the NBA. And I agree. I, if he gets a jump shot, that. we're not having this discussion anymore, I yeah. don't think. Just so, being quite honest. Yeah. I mean, what what he does for that Bucks team, um, what he has done for him the last couple of years is speaks for for itself. So he well, right I mean, now is he win seasons. That's yeah. hard to do. Yeah, he's the best and, player in the East. Yeah. Now that that that's definite. Um yeah. Especially with Kawhi and LeBron being two years removed from the East, definitely the best player in the East. That's that's not even a question. And I, I, I quite frankly, you're doing this guy a great disrespect if you even mention Joel Embiid in the conversation uh, or any other big guy for that matter. Giannis is a freak of nature. Um, he's not LeBron. He's no. not KD because I mean he had different. It's just a different type of dominance. Yeah. Um, the wingspan, the, the, the giant Euro step. This, it, he's really something transcendent that we haven't seen before. And to your point earlier, it, if his game, which we can assume it will, keeps to de- develop the way it, it, it has so far during his career, if his jump shot, if it continues to improve, we're not having this discussion in two years. I mean, he is the best player in basketball if he improves that jump shot. That's yep. just the fact of the matter. So, Agreed. Wherever you want to put him, you want to put him at one, you have your argument. I mean, put him wherever you want to in the top four, but he's definitely a top four player in the league. Agreed. Who you got at three? I actually have Kawhi Leonard at three. Um, Okay. And I know that as a society, it's all about what have you done for me lately. Um, And I I agree with that to an extent. My biggest quarrel slash issue with Kawhi Leonard and – um, the Kawhi Leonard fans slash stands that, that, that want to tell me he's the best player in the world, your best ability um, is your availability. Mm. And I might get a, a little in a little trouble Breach. with that with my next my, – my number two pick. But your best ability is your, your availability. Um, Kevin yep. Durant going out with the Achilles is different than someone um, in his contract negotiation letting an organization know that, hey, 
I'm not playing more than 66 games regardless. So um, the guy is definitely um, – he has the accolades. He has the ring. Finals MVPs. Yeah. We all know it. Defensively, one of the best players in the league. But he just doesn't play. He he doesn't he doesn't play every night, and that's my issue with yeah. him. That's why the Clippers are five games back of the Lakers. Um, yep, uh, that 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 right there is why for sure. If Kawhi doesn't sit as much as he does, it's a closer race there. But like you said, your best of your best ability is your availability. That's that's I mean that's the biggest fact that you've said on this podcast so far is what have you done for me lately? You're only as good as what you do for me, you know? And if he's not playing every night and that's what separates him from like all these other guys that try their best to be in the lineup every night. And I keep, I've been watching the last dance. So, and, and the thing is, is that's what made MJ so special is that he knew that this might be the one time that somebody gets to watch him play. Exactly. And Kawhi isn't Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi hasn't understood that yet. If is he that type of player? Yes, because of everything he does. And I think that's what he doesn't understand is what if this is the one time somebody comes and watches me play? I want them to see how great I can be. Yeah. I think he's all about his legacy. Um, to be honest. Like I don't think Athletes back in the day, I, we obviously watching the last dance. We know Jordan. Jordan was not. He was obsessed with winning championships, but he also lived a daily, day to day life of competition. So he wasn't just consumed by that, or he was consumed by the championship hunt. But he was also he had other vices in the meantime. I think Kawhi is so obsessed with his legacy and winning championships that he's kind of taken the significance away from the regular season. So in a sense, you're doing something for the NBA um, and, and it's brand by winning championships and being in the limelight, but you're also diminishing, diminishing it to an extent by essentially saying that regular season doesn't matter to you or your, or the organization you play for, for that matter, because that's definitely what the Clippers, the message the Raptors sent last year and that's the message that the Clippers have sent yeah. this year: that hey, we don't, we're not going to play, and we're going to get this thing, we're going to get this thing rolling with ten games left in the season, and then we'll mesh. But we're yeah, not worried about the regular season. So yeah, that's my like thing that. with Kawhi Leonard. Um, definitely not a Kawhi hater, uh, but if he played every night, we're probably talking about the best player in the world. Um, mm. The argument with the other two players I had ahead of him or. I mean, you can make the argument for each one, but yeah. that's the reason. I think me and you are both dead set on the reasons we have him lower on the list than some would. So who you got at your number two spot? I actually have Kevin Durant, man. And I know that's a direct contradiction to what I just said. Your best ability is your uh, availability in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society. But Kevin Durant's done a lot for us lately, quite frankly. <laughs> um, he – uh. He made a very, very weak decision. I will not lie about that when he decided to do what he did. But if Kevin Durant did not show up during those runs, if Kevin Durant wasn't the absolute best player on those Warriors teams, if he didn't show up and just pretty much not humiliate LeBron, but go toe-to-toe, head-to-head with LeBron, Mm. with those Warriors teams, the bottom line is Kevin Durant 
pretty much transformed himself when he went to Golden State. He became what he could be defensively. He refined his game offensively, even more so than he had in Oklahoma City. And by the end of it, I'll be honest with you, I think he was the best player in basketball. Um, And I do think that if he doesn't get hurt last year, that the Warriors are a three-peat. And I don't think many people would argue that. So I have him at two. Um, I would honestly, I, I would probably have put him at one if he would have played this year. Just, just being honest, right there. Who okay. do you have at that spot? Um, first off, I like your points to KD because, like you said, he he is he's been in that conversation since he stepped into the NBA of being top three players in the NBA since he got there. So I like that. Because, like I said, these five guys are interchangeable. They are. It doesn't matter what people think. Everybody has their own opinion, but these are the best five guys, hands down. Exactly. So, um, I mean, it's just facts. Yeah, it's facts. So, number two for me, um, if we would have done this podcast three years ago, uh, I would have him outside of the top ten just because of what he did to me. Um, He tore my heart. Um, I already know where you're going with this. But he brought us a championship. So what Kawhi did to San Antonio, as a Spurs fan, I've never witnessed it before. Nobody ever wanted to leave San Antonio. You know, like it was like, this is where people. So when a superstar was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to play. I was like, what is happening? Like what Kawhi Leonard, what he does on both ends of the court is why he is the second best player in the NBA. It's not just offensively. He transformed his offensive game in San Antonio. He found a jump shot that made him lethal and he would shut down the other team's best player for 40 minutes a night. He would lock them on the defensive end and go and get an easy bucket on the offensive end. And he, in that 2014 finals, never seen LeBron James, yeah, he put up the numbers. Don't don't get me wrong. He LeBron put up the stats, but he struggled to get those stats. Twenty fourteen, very, very inefficient. To yeah. your point. Yeah. Kawhi made him in two thousand fourteen. Kawhi was the X factor, which led to him winning that that Finals MVP. At one point during the series, I could be wrong. Fact check me here, Ozzy. But I think you were about to reference a certain free throw. LeBron was taking during that final <laughs> when Popovich subbed <laughs> Kawhi back into the game. I love and that. And LeBron video. turns around and verbally expresses his displeasure with Pop's decision yeah. Um, yeah. as he's shooting the free throw. Um, and for yeah. everyone, the whole world to see. A 21 year old Kawhi Leonard, without a refined offensive game, now what you've seen to your point throughout the years is the man is, he can, he can do it all, man. He's, Offensively, he, he doesn't have a, very many weaknesses. Like, whenever you see a, a player live in the mid-range, back to the basket, just chewing you up, knocking everything mm-hmm. down seamlessly, that's mm-hmm. when you know that person is in a rhythm offensively to a point where this is muscle memory. This is Kobe Bryant-type stuff, Michael Jordan, LeBron. Yeah. Like, it, he does things in the mid-range that the all-time greats do. He does things from yeah. the three-point line that – the current greats, I call them, of today's age do. So yeah. he can shoot it. Not And the, the thing that goes underrated about him, though, is his strength. Oh, dude. The man, 
for his size, is the strongest player in the NBA, I would argue, for his size. Yeah. So he doesn't have weaknesses other than him being a prima donna at some point. I agree with yeah. what you said. He ripped your little Spurs heart out and <laughs> decided he was only going to play nine games in one season um, for nothing other than a power struggle, it seems. So, yeah. You want to – my hot take to this day, and I tweet about it all the time, if Zaza Pachulia doesn't fall on Kawhi Leonard, the Spurs win that championship that year. I, man, that's a tough. That that's tough because, to, like you said, Zaza. We're, I'm not ever. First of all, I don't want to ever quote Skip Bayless. I'm not gonna ever get on a podcast <laughs> and act like with the blatant bias. Um, but I think he called him. He deemed Zaza Zaza a cheap shot. Maybe I think that was the quote. <laughs> Zaza um, a cheap shot. Yeah. So I, I'll agree. Um, if, if those of you that don't understand or don't know what me and Ozzy are talking about, before Kawhi basically quit on the Spurs because Pop, Popovich practices them hard, um, they, they were in the Western Conference Finals up, I think it was 26 at the time. He goes up to shoot a three, Zaza Pachulia slash Pachip shot. Sticks his foot mm-hmm. under Kawhi's landing space when he comes down. Um, high ankle sprain out for the series. You know the outcome. So, um, that is yep. what Ozzy was referencing, and for his hot take, I don't, I'm not going to disagree there, because that Spurs team was kind of similar to the 2014 team, where the system had one great player and a very good system, so there's one team that could have beat that, that Nuggets, or that, not the Nuggets team, that, that Warriors team, it was definitely, definitely going to be the Spurs. Yeah, so those, those guys. Not disagreeing, but that take is steaming. Yeah, so obviously, as we get here, to the best player in the NBA, best player in the world. And we're sitting here and we obviously have the same guy. And I don't think anybody that has some sort of an NBA brain would disagree with this because no. somehow, some way, gotten better. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's been 17 years, people. That's why we're laughing. That's why we're kind of being sarcastic here. The man's been in the league since 03. He's played more minutes than anybody else in league history. Fact check me on that as well. I believe that is factual. But yeah. um, we're talking about LeBron James, of course. I mean, we didn't have to say the name, whatever the man, LeBron is, James. whatever you want to call him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I just look, man. I, I want to start off talking about this to a certain tweet that I think it was Spencer Dinwiddie from the um, the Net tweeted a fan not long ago. I think it's like a month ago, Ozzy. Uh, of course, the big argument is always the GOAT argument, correct? It's, it's LeBron versus Jordan in the fans' eyes, and it always will be. Um, thankfully, me and you haven't um, polluted everyone's ears by spending the last hour talking about it, but that's all everybody wants to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. So since Spencer did, Dinwiddie called a fan a Bron sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, heard of many, many sexual terms. But none that directly referenced a uh, an athlete, I don't think, or, or sexual. sexual, you know. Um, okay. You have your Jordan Jordan stands, and then apparently the ones of us that like LeBron James are Bron sexuals. That's what we go by. But um, yeah. So I I think what I I just want to come out and say I eventually got to a point where I was like, you know what? Regardless of what he did. And people will say what he did. It's no different than what Steph and KD and all of them did. 
They formed a team. He called his buddies up who wouldn't want to play with his buddies. You know what I mean? Who wouldn't want to play with your best friends in the world? You know, so what he did, does that tarnish what he's done? No. It get, it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I respect this guy because of what he's done in his career. And that is be the best player in the world for 10 straight years. And now we're approaching 15, 17 years in a row that he has been the best player in the world. There's yeah, been people, and there's only, people that have gotten one. close. There are people that have gotten close. It's been Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant. Let's be honest. Like, I, I don't, I don't yeah, allow yeah. Kawhi Leonard to enter the picture the last year or two, but for the most part, the only players throughout LeBron's tenure, or LeBron's 17-year uh, career, that have come close to him or they can look him in the eye, and this came out of Kevin Durant's mouth after he won a finals, was that LeBron James is the only person that can look him in the eye um, as an NBA player. In other words, the only per- person that is up to par with him. So, yeah. Um, you could argue 03 to 07, um, those, those were Kobe's prime years. He's probably the best player in the league. But even as, as Kobe Bryant was winning championships with a very, very underrated, two very, very underrated teams, mm-hmm. I do think LeBron James um, was the best player in the league. He was winning the MVP those two years. And, this, and I hate to say it, excuse my French, but he had an absolute shit squad around him in Cleveland. I know he did because I remember that team making the finals against the Spurs and just getting mopped, bro. It was, it it was, dude, it was, they had no business being in that series. No, bro, they did it, bro. They had no, and it had, it took, it took LeBron James, this man's 22 years old in the palace with a, a team that's won a championship that's beat the likes of Shaq and Kobe's Lakers for a championship Mm. with numerous conference championship appearances. He takes them out. How good those Pistons were, bro. Yes. And people forget a young LeBron James took them out, scored his team's last 25 points in a, in a game in the Western conference finals to take them out. Bro. Um, those Pistons were so good. I hated, I hated them because I think we played them in a couple finals, maybe. But they were so good, bro. Rasheed, yes, Big were. Ben, uh, Tayshaun, Richard they, Hamilton. Oh my god! So, oh five, you guys won that championship. I'm fairly certain that was against that was against the that that Pistons team that had won the championship in 04. They went to back to back finals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I thought. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. them or the Heat, but I knew the Heat, of course, won those six championships. Um, you know, the Spurs, they never were great enough to accomplish that, that uh, repeat. You know, they have to do it every five years, that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, um, man, that was that was 05. It was seven games. That was that was a really good finals. That was that was uh, the year that everybody thought the Suns were going to make. But the Suns were yeah. the Suns were cold, bro. Everybody like I remember yeah. growing up. When growing up, people wanted to play basketball like the like the Suns. Yeah, they wanted they to had be fun. Steve Nash. Yeah, they were, roster, bro. Darko Milicic, Billups. Darko Milicic. Oh He's my like gosh! The, the biggest draft bust in NBA history. I and think that was Robert. So sorry for him. I hit that shot in Game Seven, bro, for the Spurs. Who Is did? On that Robert Ory, big shot, Bob, bro. You can't say that enough. 
I mean, you might as well just Bruce put this man Bowen. in the Hall of Fame for his shots, or just put his shots in the Hall of Fame. You don't have to put Robert Ory in there. Just put his shots in there. Yeah, no. just like Robert Ory's <laughs> shot. There's at least a plaque in there or something. Nazi Muhammad. <laughs> that first team was crazy, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, I mean, was one of the assistant coaches. That's funny. Um, you got the best coach okay, of all time so, with all that talent. I mean. Okay. So that was our top 10 list. Now let's kind of go through um, kind of quickly, not quickly. It doesn't matter to me. Um, some players to look forward to in the next couple years and also kind of run through what we thought the playoffs would have looked like. Um, and when I say playoffs, I mean conference finals and NBA finals. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wait, um, so who are your, let's say if you were to name four guys to look forward to in the next five to 10 years. All right, so I'll just run through it. I mean, it's going to look a, a lot like yours. There's, I actually um, – I have a long list here, but I'm going to go through four right now that I think um, the top two are your naturals. I mean, your your obvious points or your players, rather. Um, that's Zion and Ja. Um, okay. I just think what they both did their rookie years, they ultimately lived up to that hype. Um, especially Ja playing the entire year throughout – uh, the Memphis um, young core is very, very good. But I would dare say that John Morant, he, he took the NBA by storm um, mm-hmm. earlier in the year, whereas players like Trey Young struggled throughout their rookie year, the first mm-hmm. parts of it. John kind of had the adverse side of that. He, he came in um, guns blazing, uh, wanting to be the alpha, um, not saying the likes of Trey Young didn't, but no, yeah. Put it this way, Josh came in, he, he was the leader of that Memphis team. They were in playoff contention, looking for that eight seed before the NBA had took its obvious hiatus. Um, you just can't take much away from Ja. Um, but then you go to, you look at Zion. <laughs> the sample size is small, Ozzy, but I think we can both agree uh, with Zion being a freak of nature along with Ja. So, yeah, he's I'm a freak. assuming those two players are on your list. Yeah, I, those those two are for sure. I have uh, Ja as the fourth to to kind of watch. Not not in a sense of like talent wise, but just I have two other guys ahead of them that I'm interested to see. But Zion is definitely one on my list. And tell you, I remember Zion's first home game because the Spurs played him, and and I think in the fourth quarter the Spurs were up like ten or something like that. And Zion had like twelve straight points. He, hit he like, did. I know what game you're like, talking about now. He hit like Directly. three threes in a row, and then got <laughs> like one. And I was like, "Jeez, this yeah, dude is dumb. Like it, it was. Wasn't, it was insane. Hey, wasn't he? All right. So this is the game. If I'm correct, he comes back. He's on a minutes restriction. Everyone. Um, Alvin Gentry and the Pelicans, or- David Griffin, everyone in the Pelicans organization is being overly cautious. They're not agreeing to pay- play this man in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing all this in increments. Like, he's having to have a dram- drastic effect on the game in small increments of time. And let me just tell you, the guy did not disappoint at all. No, um, not even close. He comes in the game, he hits three threes, which not alleviates the question marks around surrounding his game but that just that just showed everyone hey i'm already working on this this is yeah. this can't it might be a fall right now but it's not going to be in the future you know like yeah and i think i think that was the bigger statement in that was hey you're going to give me this shot but 
He made more threes in that 45 seconds than Ben Simmons did in three years. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, uh, <laughs> huge Ben Simmons antagonist. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have Jaw on there. I mean, Jaw stepped on, like you said, stepped into the scene and was the alpha on that team and had him in, in the playoffs. He had him at the eight seed. And I don't think they were going to lose that eight seed. The only team that may have made a push would have been the Blazers. But Yeah, I can see the Blazers the Kings. The Blazers, the Blazers Pelicans, here, Kings, and Spurs were all within three games of the Grizzlies. And I can sit here right now and tell you my Spurs won't. Make them. I'm glad you. I'm glad you put the my in front of that when you alluded to them not making the playoffs. Um, <laughs> that's all I'm glad. It took about. It, it. It it only took a global pandemic for me to sit here and say the Spurs weren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, man. That, well, this this took Ozzy a, a long. It took a lo- a lot for him to get to this point. Trust me. Um, it did. It did. And we've I had a lot of conversations. Back from Austin. We okay, okay, okay. Where we're, we're we had, discussing it, and you're just bullish on the point that the Spurs are in the playoffs this year, no matter what. And that was before I realized that Demar Derozan was soft as Charmin. Um, yeah. It's, so the, uh, yeah, we're not going to go into this. Getting, we're not going to go into I, this. I'm not going. Um, oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting down this road with you. Two, uh, the other two guys I have on my list, one of them on that Duke squad was Zion, was probably the most polished at Duke, and that was R.J. Barrett. Um, I like the way R.J. Barrett plays. I hope, I don't want him to be the Knicks savior in a sense, but I hope the Knicks get some people around him so we can see the Knicks regularly because I think R.J. is really talented. Um, yeah. And, I don't disagree there. And the other one I haven't been in the NBA yet, um, James Wiseman, the dude from Memphis that got busted by the NCAA for all that jazz. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's he's KD 2.0, seven foot. He's good. Smooth. He really is. He's good. I'm I interested wanna, to see if, wanna, he, if his game transitions. I think it, we just have a lack of sample size there too. I mean, I hate to say that, but like, he just he didn't play he didn't get to play we didn't really get to see him play so you're relying it's almost like a Harry Giles situation from back in the yeah. day or or Kyrie coming out or Kyrie yeah Kyrie yeah the ultimate ball stopper in the NBA um <laughs> I'm not gonna go in on Kyrie Irving no, I don't want my blood pressure we're not we're not gonna um, do that we're not gonna do that <laughs> no we're not gonna do that to him uh, we're gonna talk about R.J. Barrett to your point um the only thing standing in his way is the Knicks. I hate mm-hmm. to say it, but that's that toxic of a situation. If people don't know it, the New York Knicks, their <laughs> uh, their situation's abysmal, and their owner, um, there's not a good term for him, to be quite frank. No. Um, so R.J. Barrett, given his rookie year and their terrible, in my opinion, roster construction between the mix of veterans who need to be playing a role on another roster and young players who need to be getting minutes, he still succeeded his rookie year amongst that. So yeah. I would say his upside being in top five picks is very, very high, although he is ultimately being overshadowed naturally by Ja and Zion. But a lot of that has to do, people, with how the situation is in New York and how bad it has become. So kudos to RJ for, for sticking um, or having that season or having that good rookie year. Um, 
You mentioned Obi or no, you mentioned James Wiseman though, Ozzy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one player I wanted to get to um, coming out right now is Obi Toppin. Um, the kid from that's Dayton. that's a that's a boy from Dayton. The kid is is that good? Um, I think a, a long way. You got his sample size in college where you didn't get Wiseman. Yeah. Some people have him as the consensus number number one overall pick. Um, I'm not entirely sure where he's going to fall in that or with James Wiseman, uh, but. I got that Lamello is the player out of the draft I'm I'm looking at this year. I got Lamelo going one one. Do you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was about to say he scored ninety a game, bro. You can't ignore it. No, Obi. I like his game for sure. Um, I, I mean, off, it, Davis, that was the... all four of those guys that we listed are guys that, to your point, I think you have somebody else on your list that I want to just kind of hit on. I think. Tyler Hero, I think that yeah, I'm with I think you. that that dude right there needs to be talked about a little bit more because that Heat team might possibly, if they sneak up to the three seed, which that was close because they were only two games back, if they sneak up to that three seed, I would have had them making the, the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, me too, and no disagreement, man. What they're doing in Miami right now, Pat Riley is building people, and he's building silently, kind of. He's, he, he went out there and got one of the NBA's, quote-unquote, big fish with Jimmy Butler last year, and that's kind of overshadowed what's happening with the younger players with the Miami Heat. In specific, mm-hmm. what you did say with Tyler Hero, I would just like to point out one interesting fact about Hero while I'm here. The man can't okay. swim. The man can't swim. Just, just can't throwing swim. that out there. I, I don't know why he can't at this point in his life, but he can't. Anyway, well, because he's too point. busy. He's too busy getting buckets, bro. You're right, he's bro. Too... And if you watch him play, you can tell that as much shit as he talks, he's always in the yeah. gym trying to get better to back it up. Because bro, he, have he you seen have that? Time to swim. Have you seen that Ball Is Life video of yes. roaring people in high school? Yes, and torturing people. Yes, bro. I I was like, who is this, bro? And I looked at it close, and I was like, that's Tyler Hero, dude. And he was yeah. scorching those that team. Like, he was embarrassing. Everyone, go watch Tyler Hero's highlights, and you'll t- be able to tell yeah. he spent too much time in the gym to be able to Nasty. learn to swim. Doesn't have time. Nasty. So I like that. Okay, so I just kind of kind of want to get your quick thoughts. This is a curveball for everybody because we were planning to be done after that. What have you thought of the last dance so far? Six episodes in. Wow. Oh man, it's, it's on been, the spot. It's I gave you no tough. time to think. No time to think. I don't need time to think on this one because I haven't seen sports in over 50 days. So I'm willing to take what I can get while the rest of you are out there making these pointless debates about LeBron and Michael. I'm simply appreciating Michael and his greatness, um, to be honest with you. We've never seen anything like Michael Jordan, um, his competitive drive, everything with him, basically him as a person. Yeah. Um, as bionic as he was um, and diverse into everything competitively. But the biggest, my biggest takeaway with it, that I, one downside of it, I think, um, it, it's focused on the last season, right? Um, but they're doing random flashbacks to, like, the earlier years, you know? Yeah. Um, but so much emphasis is being placed on Jay Krause and Jay Reinsdorf in the last dance, Tim Teller and Phil Jackson. He goes 82-0. and 0, He still can't come back. Wouldn't you yeah. like to see 
just, I mean, even if it's not centered around Michael Jordan, wouldn't you like to see just a documentary about Michael Jordan's or the Bulls, uh, the Bulls stint with Michael Jordan during his time there, like for every season, you know what I mean? Like a, a cumulative effort. Um, okay. Where it's not so centralized around that last season, maybe. Yeah, I I, I would love. To, I think I think it's so focused and centralized on that last season because that's when they let the cameras in, you know. Yeah. Because that's, that is why. Like, and, and so that's crazy to think that they were like really one of the first ones to allow that, if not the first group to allow that. You know, it's just yeah, become days to be involved in every aspect of every part of an athlete's day to day, you know, because of social media, because Instagram live, Facebook live, Twitter, Q and A's on NBA, you know, like we just become so naturalized to it that it was so crazy to allow cameras into your day to day actions back then. And, and I, I would love to game. watch. Oh, dude, he's always been ahead of the game. That That's what MJ, MJ, but he was such a great basketball player and such a great athlete that people forget he has the greatest brand in the world. You know, like, like you see that logo, you know what it is. It's comparable to yeah. Nike and he's under Nike, but you see that jump man, you know what it is. Like, hot, take, you know hot take, hot take, hot take. I'm kind of throwing one off my head here too. Michael okay. Jordan may be the most famous person in the world. Maybe of all time. Ever. Like I'm talking like Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan. Like, yeah, Michael it's, Jackson. It's a pretty is, short is, list. Michael Jackson would probably be the other one that you would think, or like, I would love to see a documentary of just how great those Bulls teams were, but dive into how great they were and why they were great, because yeah. it's to just appreciate greatness. Stop exactly. trying. We don't have to stop argue trying to about prepare. it all the time. I don't want to argue LeBron or Mike. I'm not going to argue it. I'm not going to saturate both. y'all's ears. The market is saturated with that. Yeah, like, that's yeah. not, that's not, not why that's not, that's not why this documentary was to allow people to and debate. That's not why we anymore. did this podcast today, everyone. I'm not going to no. sit here and, and, no. and dilute your, the, the product. You and I always have debates, whether it's football, baseball, basketball. We always talk. We, we've always done it. So I figured, you know what? Let's jump on the bandwagon. Let's get my boy Luke in here because I know for a fact once football season starts, you're gonna be on here with like yeah, we're gonna definitely. we're gonna do football podcasts. We're gonna bash Texas A and M. We're gonna bash Oh yeah, relentlessly add <laughs> that know, on so, that. So get your I think Aggie rings the, ready, everyone. <laughs> oh man. Um so I think with that final end right there, I want I look forward to having you on again. And if there's I look anything... forward to being on again, my friend. There you go. Um, I appreciate it. Side note, I am going to be starting my own little NBA deal. I don't okay. know how often it'll be. Um, I definitely will have the host of this podcast on there for sure. He did Ooh. me a solid today by asking me to be on his. I like it. So Ozzy will be my first NBA podcast guest. I like um, it. Don't know when that will be dropping. We'll provide details later. Um, um, but me and Ozzy kind of did this off the hip today. Um, I, it was a, it was a little bit. Time. It was a little bit longer than I was expecting it to go. But you know, at the end of the day, when you get to talking about sports, you can't really put a time cap on it. Um, so, and everyone, I thing, feel like this is worth the listen. A lot of it, a lot it of insight. Uh, I'm um, not just saying that because it's my podcast. Saying it was fun getting to chop it up and hear other people's opinions and getting to see the other side, you know, like getting to hear why people think what they think. 
So well, look, man, I'm uh, I'm put your uh, give me your uh, your Twitter handle so people can follow you on Twitter. Luke V Four on Twitter. Luke V Four, and that's Luke. I'm Ozzy, and with that being said, OG out.